I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We are getting married. Oh, every week. Me and Jill's oh, yeah. So, you know, thanks. I didn't realize you knew. Tell you what, if I woke up one morning and I was married to you, Mace. Oh, God. Yeah. I'd what? probably... Um, <laughs> We are recording. You have a lot of questions. <laughs> probably, probably file for immediate divorce. Right? I don't think have anything else to say. I somehow how, how upset would you be if you woke up and you were married to me? I don't think you'd wake up. <laughs> you're in the right frame of mind now. That would be. That would be. <laughs> and that would be a mercy. That would be a mercy on me. I think. <laughs> like the old Churchill thing. If you were, if you were my husband, I'd poison your coffee. And Churchill said, "If, I, if you were my wife, I would drink it." <laughs> we are the Churchill and Lady Astor of our times. Lady Let, Astor, correct. Let's That's do it. this. She knows more about everything than <laughs> me. Chelsea is the most expensive sports team in history, and UEFA doesn't much like fans. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Tuesday, 31st of May. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Jim Campbell. All about that bass for Jim Campbell this morning. Mm-hmm. Was it? Good? Was it quite bassy? Uh, yeah, I was very assertive. Bass, actually. I'm glad oh, yeah. you both noticed it. Good. Listen to that, listeners. Yeah, this is the expensive stuff. It's all part of Jim's glow up, glow down. Are you, are you glowing down again? Oh yeah, okay, right. Yeah, to, to get lower. Yeah, get lower. In my in my tone. Oh, I see. No, but glow. Nah, nah, nah. You're deliberately mis- misrepresenting the glow up that has gone on in Campbell Manor. Yeah, although I've actually I've, I've slipped massively. It's so yeah. much harder the second time, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know so. why you're asking me. <laughs> <laughs> because of the levels of it. Yeah, because exercise is great when there's like a journey, and at the end you're like, oh, I've, I'm really different now. But then it's like, I can eat everything again, yeah. and then scaling that mountain again, difficult. Try don't bother. Think, is try, what I'm saying. Try don't bother. Think of a metaphor for this in Ralph Ranick. <laughs> Are you nice? Okay. It's probably. Let's quite leave similar. that to you then, shall we? Ralph Ranick probably is at the moment thinking it was all about the journey, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and that he's pleased that he never has to go back again. Yeah. Do you think when he took this role on, he expected to not even get into the consultancy bit, having earned the nickname Specs from the Man United <laughs> squad? Well, I'm hoping... It's not even remotely clever, but, but is it? He started not an out, ounce of wit. He started out as the Mr Burns of football and ended up the Millhouse, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> What I'm hoping, no, is that he's more like a Bond villain sitting there, you know, with his cat... And he's masterminded this whole affair. So the whole thing was just a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sure, we'll come in. I'll come in. Then we'll do a bit of consultancy at the end. We'll provide a platter. Well, like he's some kind of Joaquin Phoenix type character. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, it's like method management. That would be amazing if there was a film that came out at Cannes last week and it was was all about Rangnick's time at Man United. And it was basically Joaquin Phoenix crossed with um, Borat. Yeah, that, that would be <gasps> unbelievable. Oh my god! Well, you know how you started making things happen with the re- with the goggle box uh, football yeah. thing. That so I would definitely watch that Borat whacking Phoenix thing. Bef- before you introduce the fact that Ralph Phoenix left Man United, I, I thought do, we'd done that. I do want to say that um, <laughs> that I did have the idea that apparently Channel Four are now doing a football version of Gogglebox. Right. I was crediting you with it. Yeah, you I'm, don't I'm, even I, have no, to but, credit but, yourself. But it wasn't on this show. I think I talked about it on a different show. It was on the ah. Luke and Pete show, and um, I had that idea like years ago. Mm. To the point where I tried to get it going, 
No one wanted to know. You're always ahead of the game, though, aren't you, Luke? It's the one time I've been ahead of the game. This is how you know what fashions are going to come in. As you talk to Luke <laughs> you do Moore. Not, that, is, that could not be less true. <laughs> That's why I'm getting a mullet later, but we'll yeah. get to that. Yeah. Yes. Ralph Rannick, has, it has been confirmed on Sunday, that is, that he will not, after all, be staying on Manchester United as a consultant. I'm yeah. sorry to laugh. They I'm confirmed not laughing. It around the same time as well, didn't they? <laughs> I'm not laughing at Manchester United's woes. I'm not laughing at Manchester United fans. I'm not laughing at their woes. I'm not laughing at anyone's woes. I don't laugh at people's woes, do I, Luke Moore? No, I am, I'm no, not. I am so. laughing at this. However, it does seem kind of like the sort of thing you could have predicted. Yeah, I think, I think it was probably a pretty short meeting. Yeah. And also the fact that the biggest contributor to the decision would have been the things he's done in the job. And the things he sport. said. Because because the very first thing, and, and speaking of like... But we it, liked those. It being yeah. a fall from grace. People were, first of all, you're right, people were talking about the idea that he's maybe, maybe a bit too honest. But at the very start of his tenure, when they said, when he, in, interviewers were asking him questions like, you know, when do you expect to go into the consultancy role after this management job, this interim job? He was going, well, if I do a good job, maybe I'll stay in the management job. And it's like, mm. what are you talking about? He was about? trying to appoint himself. This is the whole thing about Ralph Rangnick, yeah? The only time he's been appointed as manager, I think every single time, I, I'd have to double, double check it, but at least twice, the person who has appointed him has been Ralph Rangnick. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's not really a fall from grace. It's more of a, a tumble from compromise at best. <laughs> yeah. Because the stakes were weirdly low coming in and still... It as, hasn't worked out. But as, as the spectacled ambassador of, for this show today, the, the Kate and I are wearing glasses, yeah. wearing glasses. Would you find that offensive if you found out that we've been calling you specs? Um, I, I would. You'd be disappointed in our lack of wit, wouldn't I you? I would, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's very dim-witted and it shows you exactly how just shit that dressing room is. That's how creative like they are in the dressing room. Exactly <laughs> right. It's not surprised to know they're uncreative on the pitch. Completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. It's just like, God. If this is the best you can do, I'm going to have to leave. the level of the banter. <laughs> yeah. That's the level of the bullying even <laughs> it's terrible terrible yeah. like they've, they've got no like pretensions of being a, a you know an elite level club if that's what's going on but there I wonder though ridiculous to play- uh, to, for me this is worse than anything that's happened <laughs> on the pitch with them all season can I perhaps fucking some- specs <laughs> are I- you nine <laughs> can I offer some mitigation maybe it's the only nickname slash insult that translates across all the different languages <laughs> in the dressing room <laughs> maybe, yeah so, so I, reckon, I reckon there's a chance that Jesse Lingard came up with something just genuinely witty yeah but Ronaldo's to go over and say look the guys don't really get yeah. that so can you tone it down a bit and he's Maybe. just gone specs yeah that's actually quite fascinating now that's a podcast yeah a deep dive on, on the process that translate yeah, yeah. yeah. nice the, it's the, again it's the leakiest dressing room isn't it I can't remember well, a situation this is part of the where issue, we've had isn't it? it's almost like the all or nothing cameras have been in do you know what I mean we, know, we have so yeah. much insight into this I know a lot of it's rumour and hearsay and, and uh, I'm sure not all of it is true but it feels like there's not a week that goes by without some sort of nonsense coming out of the Man United dressing room and it is probably people sniping at them for easy stories just making stuff up of course it is but, <laughs> but like the, it's on an almost industrial scale <laughs> yeah, I mean, Manchester United fans listening to this might be a little bit put out that we're ruthlessly taking the piss out of their club. Yeah. But the other hand is we could genuinely talk about the the level of the level of embarrassment they should feel at hiring Ralph Rangnick in the first place, which a lot of people who know more about football than us were saying this is a bizarre appointment, mm. a totally bizarre... The guy's not qualified for it. There's nothing to suggest that he can deliver anything approaching any kind of success. It makes no sense whatsoever. And so it's come to pass. So, I mean, we could 
focus on that if we want. Well, I Graham mean, Sooners at the time said he just didn't get the appointment, but yeah. then he didn't really like the concept of high pressing, didn't he? Did he? So no. I thought he was just being retrograde, but as well, it turns well, out, it was totally right. Neither uh, did the dressing room, by the looks of it. They, <laughs> they seem to not listen to. Maybe his, the two things are connected. Plan. Yeah. But th- this is what's so interesting to me about it. From from every level with this appointment, he was brought in to be the interim coach, right? You think fairly low pressure, just try and salvage what you can from the season, and then the and the consultant, but. They didn't seem to listen mm. to his consultations at any point, and I don't just mean the team. I mean, the, I mean, it sounds like what he had a, about a two-hour conversation with Eric Ten Hag wasn't involved in him coming in, and in theory, at the time, he's he's your football consultant. Surely, who the coach is. That's a huge part of his He's role. A st- it it's- makes him seem like a stooge. It, it's yeah. like he was a stooge. A He's a full guy, a yeah. useful idiot. Yeah, and I think, um, as perhaps people often... Agent Specs. Agent Specs. As people often do, people underestimate the influence that it's important to have on being the guy that people will respect. And that's such a huge part of management. And Definitely. what's annoying is when, sometimes for us sitting on the outside, is when, you know, just having been a good player seems to be all that it takes yeah. in order for people to just give you a lot more time. Um, or friends in the media, you know, all that sort of stuff too. <clears throat> but in his case, you can see that he was in a difficult position, didn't have any of that backup. I think it felt like we thought he might be a kind of Bielsa figure because lots of people cited him as an influence, but he then doesn't seem to have any of those man management e style elements yeah. or the backing of the board. I think almost like a Frank yeah. Arneson type where he'd move up and like you you would... You know, you wouldn't necessarily hear from him, but you would yeah. know that the influence from him was was positive and it was always going in the right direction. And he's not had the chance to show he can do that. And I think it always comes back to the same thing with the modern Man United, doesn't it? The culture there needs to change because playing for Man United means fuck all right now. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean, yeah. it should be the pinnacle of players' careers. But from what we hear about it, it's like they're uninterested. They're not really listening to the manager. Uh, there are factions within the dressing room that just mean that the motivation seems really low and it's just it's actually this is always going to sound like we're putting the boot into them but it's actually sad to see yes it's kind of supportive to pay them that respect also we shouldn't be we should also make it clear that like the problems they've had came way before Ralph Rank yeah yeah, I mean the the fact that Ralph Rank is even there is indicative of a wider issue that's come before that the issues are higher up yeah for for sure sure. absolutely and I I think and then one one thing they they absolutely need to do now um, with Eric Ten, Ten Hag at the helm is that they need to understand almost, and this is going to sound like the ultimate final insult to Man United fans everywhere, they almost need to be brave enough to do what Arsenal have done with Arteta. Just, just say, you're the guy we back, you're the guy we want, we trust your decisions, we tr- we'll back you with whatever decision you make, we understand you're trying to change the culture of a club, you're trying to almost rotate the the, the playing staff to the point where you, you are going to be back to get rid of big personality, yeah. high-earning players to, to to move the club forward and it's going to take X amount of years. So at the time of recording, that's what Arsenal seem to be doing with Arteta and it's kind of working so far. I know they missed out narrowly in, in the top four race. As you quite rightly discussed on that episode. That's still a bit You know, Arsenal yeah. are a Europa League club basically and Tottenham are a Champions League Turn club. it into <laughs> a And that's where we are. Anyway, sorry. Into I a parochial cut, sorry, I cut you You're not off. sorry. That's what I wasn't I like there. About I didn't get to do it. You were calling Jim, you were calling Jim Specs earlier as well which I found very disrespectful. <laughs> I am more creative like that. I I find that incre- more creative than that. I find that incredibly yeah. disrespectful. Let's not forget, guys. I had to just double check this because it sounded so mad in my head. Manchester United finished second previous season. Mm. They then that bought. Feels like a million years ago, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. What did they then do? They bought Cristiano Ronaldo. They bought Rafael Varane. They bought Jaden Fucking Sancho. It's, it, on like, paper, what a transfer window. Mm. It's fascinating, isn't it? So it. Ha- yeah. 
it has to be a management problem at both levels, right? Because they have got some incredible players there and they managed to achieve something the previous season. I I think also that there's a wider issue around the club generally. So, you know, you you can't really move for for complaints around the state of the stadium, the state of the training ground, the the fact that they've been left behind these clubs that are doing really well, both in England and, and, and further afield. Um, in in 2022, I mean, you know, there's a report that Cristiano Ronaldo was absolutely, you know, devastated with the state of the training facility there and how mm. he'd have to the the, the place must he had, everything leak. Yeah, his his place of, <laughs> his place of work. He was very unhappy with. You know, mm. there, there was he said, it, there's reports that he joined a local gym rather than train. Um, how do a strength work in You're in there. Can that be true? Working on your glow up. Mm. Ronaldo pops in. He's like, oh, what's the What's the point? Yeah, it's like Barry's. Everyone's constantly on about who they've been training next to with Barry's because David because Bex apparently goes. Right. Barry, I've never heard of it. Barry's is like one of Barry's these gym. sort of like expensive classes things. You what, do they call it in Barry's. The, I guess Barry is the guy who said it. Up, don't call it Barry's. Why not? You give it a it better make, name. Makes you, you feel like, like you can be. Well, it makes you feel like anybody can be the guy, can't they? The fit guy Maybe. with the abs. Um, yeah, and apparently you're on the running machine, and David Beckham will be next to you. The one that people always tell me about is. Judge Rinder. Do you guys know who this person is? <laughs> yeah, I know is? who Judge Rinder is. What? 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 Is he like ripped now? Apparently I think he's in pretty good shape. Apparently he? so. I Andy guess Peters it... as well. Again, Andy Peters, a former <laughs> kids TV presenter, was in the broom cupboard with Ed the Duck. Absolutely ripped now. <laughs> Fascinating. Can be you, Barrys. Just finally on this, I think that, that these things are important to players as well. If you are already so rich that you're never going to have to worry about money ever again, you're going to look at yes. other things outside of money mm. as to why you want to go somewhere to effectively work. And it's going to be things like winning trophies and the teammates you've got and all the rest of it. But it's also going to be, is this a place that promotes the standards of excellence that I've been told my whole life that I need to do to achieve what yes. I want to achieve? And you wouldn't expect that. At, you know, we had, we had, I mean, I'm not using it for any particular reason, but just that it springs to mind. At Newcastle United, they had trouble signing players under... Um, Mike Ashley, not because he wouldn't necessarily wouldn't spend money. It was that, but it was also the fact that you see the photos of the training ground. It's yeah. an absolute joke. Mm. There's yeah. no investment at all going into it. Well, to be fair, they are redeveloping Carrington, and also I think that you know, as much as people are kind of baffled by Rangnick being, you know, this not working out, they could have just clung on to the idea and gone, "Oh, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll see how this consultancy goes. goes. The consultancy goes. They've seen it's not going to work. They've acted. That clears away for Ten Hag. So, yeah. I mean, it, it is a positive thing. Credit to the lads is and what you were saying. Luke a, Moore. Making a decision. Making a tough decision. I just wanted to just pick Jim up on something for those of you. I was just going to say, Luke Moore, I, believe, I agree with you. Thank you. Thank so you. I don't want you to move on without that being said. Thank you very much. I was just <laughs> going to make a very, very quick point before we do move on to say that those who are confused by Jim's point there when he said Carrington, of course, he means the Aeon training complex. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Specs. Real Madrid celebrated their 14th European Cup. They celebrated with it. They paraded along the streets of the city on Sunday. Everyone got involved. Yeah. Didn't they, really didn't they everyone. Spexy? Some f- forensic journalism, journalism there, basically. Yeah. Everyone, uh, got involved in everyone got involved. Everyone got involved. Yeah. God, you want to borrow these? Not excluding. <laughs> yeah, right. Not excluding. And Nazard, yes. he says, he says, Madridistas, I've been here for three years with many injuries, with many things. But next year, I'm going to give it all for you. I don't yeah. know who sang it, but I like to imagine that he did sing it. Easy to say. Even <laughs> even Gareth Bale got a nice send off, which as you, I know you already negged him yesterday, uh, Luke Moore, and that's fine. But um, I yeah. mean, at least he can, at least Aiden, I think it was generous. The least Aiden Hazard can do is to um, is to kind of come up with some kind of song. I mean, he's had loads of time yeah. on his hands. Well, did you see him there. on the on the podium? Wasn't yeah. that? After, after he the wasn't pit. singing though. Not he was dancing. 
Yeah, that's not the same as singing, famously. Yeah, but clearly no one's going to hear you sing, but they can see you move. Give him the mic and get him to do a sing song. Yeah, I agree. I'd love to I'd love to hear it. I mean, what, like him arriving at the club, the classic kind of having to do the initiation song. You yeah. probably should fucking be initiated again, shouldn't he, based on what he's contributed over the last few seasons. I mean, he's, he's, he has been unlucky with his injuries. And he, I think he he's, has, a, he's yeah. a great player to watch when he's in, in his peak. Great arse as well. You know, brilliant... Um, chassis. Rump. Great mm. chassis. It's a great chassis. You are the kind of arse... <laughs> You Man of the ramble, aren't oh, you? Luke? Good. Oh, good. Yeah. How'd you like that? No, I don't like it. And, and I was surprised that Garrett. I think getting a standing ovation from the Madrid fans is, is lovely, though. That is sarcastic, nice... though. <laughs> Who knows? That's actually. fine. No, but I wonder if it was sarcastic. I'd take a sarcastic yeah, standing I, I, ovation. I no. Would you? You, you, did, you, you deserve <laughs> oh better than that, Kate. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think you do. But if, it, but if you didn't know which it was, you might feel good anyway. True. Well, he doesn't give a shit either way, does he? So it doesn't matter. Oh, uh, we need to talk about what else has been happening since uh, the horrendous, frankly, scenes at the Stade de France. Um, UEFA announced last night that they've commissioned an independent report into the scenes that we've all, I'm sure, seen on Twitter, read about in, in newspapers. Um, French authorities are kind of sticking. Initially, they, as we know, they said that late arrival of fans had caused the problems. That was not correct. Um, plenty of eyewitness accounts about how many people were waiting patiently from 6 p.m. And let's not forget, because of the time difference, they were kicking. They were supposed to kick off at 9.15, um, not 8.15, as it would have been in the UK when we were watching it. Uh, and now they've UEFA say they've commissioned this report. I mean, they say it's independent. One of the things that stuck out for me was just that they said, oh, it's independent because the guy is doing it pro bono. I don't know, Jim. I don't <laughs> I don't know. Do you do your free work better than your your normal paid yeah. work? <laughs> and it's there's a lot of misinformation going around about it, isn't it? So it's it's difficult to know how an investigation into things that didn't actually happen versus things that did happen is is going to work, especially if it's your way for doing it themselves. They're going to you know it's fucking within their interests to to play it down, surely. Yeah, I don't know how independent the report's going to be. Um, but what I do know is that it was obviously completely shambolic, as we said yesterday. And it's interesting to see this story develop. Um, and we can take an interest in it because luckily, unfortunately, there weren't any serious injuries or yeah. deaths, which is which is obviously a really good thing. Lucky. But it should serve as a, a warning for, for things to come. And, fact, and Paris have got the Olympics next. You know, so there's a lot, a lot of things, there's a lot of stake here. You Why know? have the standards slipped on this so, so badly? Mm. It's it's absolutely unforgivable. My, 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 my feeling about this is that, there's two, two answers to that question. This is just my personal opinion. One is that, Essentially, it seems to me, certainly in this country, I'm not sure if it's completely present in France, but certainly in this country, there seems to be a almost like ideological mission to cut costs, to turn profits for everything all the time. Mm. And, that, and, that, and that rears its ugly head all the time in football in this country when you've got minimum wage stewards, about a tenth of how many you actually need, um, not being able to stop things like pitch invasions because they're not properly trained or properly paid. There's not enough of them. Well, at the final, that was one of the stories, wasn't it? Mm. People, all oh, right, I'm going to get whatever... Ten, I don't know how much they're being paid. Ten or an hour le- mm. less, five quid an hour. It's the minimum know. wage. Basically. Yeah, minimum wage. Oh, I'm going to be paid that to watch to to stand outside and deal with a whole load of Larry football fans, yeah. or I could watch. Oh, my country in the Euros final back yeah. at home. I think I might yeah, bunk exactly. off on this particular yeah. job. Yeah, exactly. Am I, am I, Fair that's play. Absolutely right. And my second my second point is just the idea of there doesn't seem to be any. Um, desire to take any kind of accountability in public life anymore, right? I don't want to extrapolate that out and just get boring and get off football, but if you just stick to this, the first instinct that the the people in charge of this event last Saturday had was to blame other people instantly, mm. right? And look, a lot of them are trying to protect their jobs. A lot of them are kind of um, 
you know, it's about self-preservation. And then some of the reports about how the guy who was supposed to be responsible for the planning of this event was actually away and the second in charge was on holiday and uncontactable and all the rest of it, all this stuff is coming out. But the reason, I really want to make the point, the reason it's important for people to take accountability for this kind of thing mm. is because if you don't take accountability for your mistakes and apologise for them, you don't internally process them and you don't learn from them. Mm. And, and that is a really big issue in public life because the person who comes along, even this guy, whoever it is in charge, loses this job. The next person that comes along has got no example being set at all. So it's it really is worrying. And, and, and the worst thing about it is we have things being reported like, actually, although there was no one injured, no one killed, there are quite a few Liverpool uh, fans there who had, who had already suffered what happened at Hillsborough. Yeah. And are having who, had, kind of who had been there. Yeah, who are having like traumatic kind of... Um, PTSD type symptoms being inflicted by it and they're just being treated with no respect at all and, mm. and so that kind of stuff's really really important to get right obviously and it's really shameful that it hasn't been done so On the point about accountability and I'm not sure you know I don't know much about how massive scale of setting up football tournaments works in terms of how you divide up you know marketing PR security all these sorts of things but I'm sure they're supposed to be separate um, elements to it Luke. and this is not something I've actually talked about publicly at all but when I was at the final of the Euros um, the first thing that people were saying was that there had been no break-ins right so the, mm. the initial announcement to echo Which what happened completely untrue what, to echo what happened in Paris the initial announcement straight away was like no you know you're hearing this stuff but there have been no break-ins I was I was talking to a, a contact I was seeing that while that announcement was being made people were putting into a WhatsApp group that contained people who worked on the stadium and who were responsible for these kind of things saying there's been ingress there's been people breaking in so even in that moment mm. the first instinct look I don't know the level of the person making the decision to put out these kind of PR announcements which is what has happened here yeah, in my yeah, view yeah. but even in the moment when information is there it yeah. feels like the reaction is to blame, to 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 lie, to lie. Yeah. I, I was going to say to spin, but to lie. Um, and I suppose that's because the reputation management is such an important thing. But it's dangerous, guys. But it happened in the Euros. It's I mean, terrifying. The Euros, the Euros thing is a great case in point. The Euros final at Wembley, the official report concluded that I think around two thousand people broke in. No chance. Mm. Oh, yeah, you watch. Look at look at what the official capacity was. Oh, what you were saying subsequent because I'm talking I about reckon... in the I'm talking about in the moment on the day of the final. This is what I was yeah, saying. Yeah, and then subsequently, what I'm saying is even yeah. subsequently they're not admitting what happened. Yeah. They're they're basically spinning it to the point where they're saying no 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 it was only X amount when clearly it was yeah. loads more. It was than absolutely that. terrifying. Yeah, yeah. So, it, it was absolutely terrifying. And and you're right if you don't acknowledge it. So here, let's see what happens, right? Because there is there is a report being commissioned and. Because, I guess, of the rise of social media and people filming things, which I think is actually a logical and good thing to do if you're in that situation. For sure. right? Understandable, for you've sure. You've seen some of, these, some of the Liverpool fans who managed to take, to capture what was going on, and they can have evidence of, like, look, this is us just standing here looking like cattle mm. while we wait to get into something that should be one of the great moments of, my fo of your football-supporting yeah. career. And also, two hours early, at least, in yeah. a lot of these reports, yeah, yeah, yeah. the idea that it's late fans is... is Insulting. Everything they said has been either inconsistent or wrong. Yeah. The, the other thing that was talked about was how did that, that, that and the Real Madrid side there were no problems at all, which is again completely disprovable. So talked but, about by the French by France's sports minister. Yeah. Which so is it's not yeah. just like people chatting shit on the internet. It's somebody who should be mildly responsible I, and should have all the facts. But I think there's some damage limitation in a PR sense coming from that as well because I don't know if you've seen the comments from Steve Rotherham, who was uh, he was Liverpool City Region Mayor. 
Um, his sort of eyewitness account was that riot police told them to climb over a fence. Uh, he then said, I had my jacket in two hands, but I had to release it from one hand to climb over the fence. And as I was pulling my coat over, these dippers, a brilliantly scouse phrase, went into my pocket. It was literally a second. These these were professional gangs. They knew it was rich pickings for them and lots of people got their phones and wallets taken. So we've heard about sort of like a, a local element as well that, that's that's not really been extensively reported on. And I, I think that might even be the French authorities playing that down. Yeah. It's, it's just an absolute shit show from every possible angle. It's the angle. easiest thing to do in the world to blame the fans for it. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. It. Quite right. All right. Well, we'll continue to follow this and we'll keep talking to you about it. Absolutely. Because um, we want everyone to be taken care of. And most importantly, we want everyone to be able to go to football and to have a good time and not to face this kind of utter crap. Let's get to a break, shall we? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Instagram might get me a job, so my pro license, forget my pro license and all my football experience. Instagram will get me a job. That's great. That you should have told me that years ago. Instagram is the only way, you guys. You just got to influence shit. Welcome back to the football ramble. Me, Jim, and Luke with you this morning, afternoon, or evening. Now it's time for these. It's Kate, Jules, Jim, or Vish. Marcus, Luke, or Pete the Tip. And he might just read up one in show at footballramble.com. 
Email show at footballramble.com Nice palate cleanser of a jingle, mm. that, just to get us to reset. It's um, actually quite beautiful. Matt's been in touch. Hello to you, Matt. He says, I am an Englishman living in Australia. As such, it was a great surprise and delight to hear you comment on a Notts County player sporting a mullet last week. Uh, and what a mullet it is, by the way. Uh, may I encourage you to investigate the haircuts on the show in the AFL, which for those who don't know is Aussie Rules, uh, an absolutely baffling sport played by monster men. Um, <laughs> starting with the Western Bulldogs, could it be that Australia is now somehow leading the fashion world? I have seen a picture of the Western Bulldogs and their haircuts. They've all got massive mullets. Some of them have got moustaches. I would look at it like this. Rather than leading the fashion world, they're constantly wearing haircuts and facial hair like that. And just occasionally, because the fashion world changes so often, they yes. currently, on, on the wheel, the fashion wheel of fortune, if Even you like. Even a stopped clock occasionally stopped, yeah, finds a nut. It stops yes. on them. It stops on them. So, I mean... I'd love to see this becoming a trend that comes back because I remember, even though obviously I'm a bit too young to remember it back in the early 80s, around the early 2000s, mullets became a thing for a bit, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, I had one. But uh, they were sort of ironically though, weren't they? Back when everything was sneering and ironic. Is that what it was? I think so. I think that passed me by. I think that's fine. That's, <laughs> like, that's a good haircut. I love one of them. Did you have one? Uh, no, I've never had a mullet. Have you had a mullet, Kate? Well, I, what this has prompted me to do is look into mullets for girls. And apparently, as of, as of an article... Earlier this month, yeah, fashionable, fashionable very fashionable. A move you, you away, a move away from the in quotes pretty girl haircut, yeah. which um not really one I can particularly pull off. Yeah, so <laughs> I think um I think I think I might. Yeah, do it. Have a go. Why not? You'd be like the guy. Who I don't want to be like shape. him. I don't want to be like that guy. We'll do it in the he studio. A, I felt. Sad. I'll give you a mullet. Yeah. How comfortable would you feel about that? <laughs> I think I feel like I'd want it to be done by a professional. Right. Okay. Why are you looking at me? Rihanna <laughs> and Miley Cyrus apparently have have had one. That's going to set you back though. If they can pull that off. A lot of these top musical artists travel with their own hair. People. Yeah. That's going to cost you a lot of money, Mason. Moving on from that, Matt. Uh, it's been Another on Matt. Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> he says, for some context on Gary Neville taking over the playlist in a pub during the Champions League final on Saturday, he was in the Sir Ralph Abercrombie. It's a red pub and Neville owns the land it's on. So, mm. right. it's, a bit yeah, of a it's his living room, essentially. Yeah. Uh, guys, it's Pep Talks tomorrow. Uh, Shirtfootballramble.com or tweet us at Football Ramble. We want to know what you want to know. Send them in. Thanks yeah. for the emails. Keep them coming in too, even if you don't have any problematic dilemmas. Uh, we're going to do some transfer chatter now because even Perisic has reportedly undergone a medical at Tottenham on Monday. That was yesterday, ahead of a move to the club on a two-year contract. He, of course, played under Antonio Conte in the Serie A winning side of 2021. Is this the start of an avalanche of 30-something veterans, Jim? Well, I mean, Fraser Forster is apparently coming in as well, isn't he? He's 35. So Where do we it, put them in the same bracket? Well, they, they're both signing for Both Spurs, excellent wing-backs. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. so, yeah, the post-30 club is, um, you know, is, is, is growing at Spurs. But this is a good signing, isn't it? You could be delighted with Perisic. Hustle man. I no, am you're, you're still upset with him, aren't I, okay, you? Okay, so I, in a logical, pragmatic way... I am excited in an emotional way. As ever, these two things come up against each other in my mind. I still can't forgive him for scoring that goal in the semi-final we lost to Croatia in 2018. Mm. I think you need to get over that. Do you? Yeah, and I think, Why? I think when the first balls he made me the, cry when the, when the first balls kicked to the Champions League <laughs> campaign, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll get past it. How long do you think you should? All right, this is one for you, Luke. Then how long do you think you should leave it before you forgive someone? I'm not a very um, I'm not a very grudge holding person. Mm. I, I don't really think about stuff that much. I don't think my brain can can hold it. 
I, I was not capable of it. My memory is so poor. <laughs> I just move on. I'm not somebody who bears a grudge, honestly. I'm not. Yeah. Do you I, want to turn into Peter Shilton? Yeah. <laughs> Wow. You are the most the... Peter Shilton member of the round. What? For sure. What? For sure. What? Anyway, let's what? talk about. Shut up, Specs. Let's talk about Perisic. Um, I think it's a really interesting signing for a couple of reasons. One, because he is a really good player. <laughs> yes. And obviously, even despite his age, still making a really big contribution um, uh, at the top level. And secondly, I think it's also indicative of the idea that Conte has at least, or is at least starting to win the internal battle at Spurs over the profile of players they're signing. Because. Obviously, Spurs famously have been very keen to sign prospects with good resale value at a young age, and they think that's the best way to be able to compete. And I kind of understand the logic behind that. But Conte's made the point that if you actually want to make a contribution in the trophy department, you need some experienced players as well. You need a blend. And that's a really a good blend. step in the right direction. And finally on this, I would say that it's also a massive improvement on the area of, of the pitch they, they had beforehand. I don't think that Sessegnon's good enough. I don't think that Conte fancies uh, Regulon. And I think Perisic is an upgrade on both of them. Yes, definitely. Uh, and he's yeah. seen and done it all. And, and you know, the, the example used in the article I read was the last time Spurs have signed someone of this kind of profile at this age who's done so much is was probably Edgar David, which was a very, very yeah, long time yeah. ago. Um, and so given what he's been able to achieve in his career and what he can impart upon these younger players, I think it's a really, really exciting signing. It's also, you know, there's a real versatility to Perisic as well because, he's, you know, he's coming in as, he's really, he's coming in as a, as a left wing back, but he's been, you know, retooled um, from, from from a different position. So, I mean... He's a super aggressive, yeah. super positive player I mean, well. He might even... This is what you'd hate him to be playing against three. England, but you'd love him to be in yeah. your side, obviously. And, I obviously. Mean, You've got now got an established front three of Son Kane and, and Kulisevsky, but there, there's going to need to be... So, they're not going to start every single game of a long campaign, are they? And Perisic is someone who is of the profile who will probably accept playing a little bit less and can can fill in possibly on either side. You probably only have him on the left, but still. like it's, mm. it, it's, it's a really smart addition to the squad that unlocks a lot of you know possibilities in terms of um, formations, really. Ten I'm, goals and nine assists from left wing back this season. Yeah, and and he's yeah. He, he, like, he's playing he's playing a good team. Obviously, they were going for the title till very late in the season. He, he's he's gonna if he can dominate the ball and he can get into really in, you know positive dangerous positions, he's gonna make a huge contribution because he's a massive upgrade on what they've already got there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really it's, positive thing. It's really, really exciting. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, also, I mean, let's not forget a Croatian player has won the Champions League each year for the last decade. So. There we go, Hala Madrid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, also in transfer news or future transfer potential news, news, potential yeah. news. Uh, lots and lots of reports from lots of people that we respect suggesting that Sadio Mane does actually want to leave Liverpool. He scored 120 goals and bagged 38 assists in 269 games for Liverpool. So he has had what we would call Jim an impact. Yes. Um, he's been linked with Bayern. They're talking about thirty million pounds. I don't. I don't think that's going to be enough for a player of that quality. And he's only got a year to go, though, isn't he? So I think that that will be a game of brinkmanship. Sure. Okay. What do you think? I mean, what what do you think about this situation? Because it seems like the influence that he's had. I think we were talking about it earlier, weren't we? Like he's this half the season has been his. If the first half of the season was Salah's. Yeah, oh, very much so. Yeah. I, think, I mean, maybe it's a little I'm bit so reductive sure. to say that the AFCON was the, the fork in, mm. in that particular road, but that, that, that seemed to be what happened where Mane, uh, you know, came back and, and was fired up, whereas Salah looked, looked a little bit leggy. Um, but it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because they've already signed the replacement for Mane, in, in a sense, in, in bringing the Diaz transfer forward. And, it, I mean, he he's hit the ground running and, uh, you know... Uh, 
at some point, Liverpool have to move away from that front three. Um, for, that guy Diaz, by the way. Sorry to interrupt, but um, I don't know if you saw, there was this amazing piece by uh, Dominic King in the Daily Mail, no less, um, about him. He went off to Colombia to talk to all of his mates, a little bit athletic-y, yeah. and uh, he had malnutrition when he was like a teenager. Wow, wow. okay, right. Yeah, so he's this like scorny little Incredible guy. Incredible story. Yeah, yeah, amazing story. Really, really is. But so, I mean... Jota's in there as well now. Mane, Firmino and, and Salah aren't going to go on forever. And, and a, a really crucial point of making a, a great side over a long time is that you recycle it and you change it up before yeah. it gets stale. And I'm sure that Mane has got another like really, really good season in him, particularly with Diaz to like, lighten some of that load. But maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for them to, to just, just move already, on from it now. But Jim, they've already moved on from Firmino, right? Because Diego well, Jota's well, making quite. more of a contribution than Firmino was this season just gone but you phase the, you phase these things yeah. out don't you rather than yeah. making huge and, and changes I, at once I think ultimately you, you, you're correct and I think you know, with the introduction of Jota before that and, and Diaz they, they're starting to do that but you wouldn't say that I, I, look, I think that Diaz has been excellent since he's come in and I think the way he's really adapted has been very impressive but I don't think you can say he's in the same bracket as Mane at this point, I don't think he's anywhere near the cutting edge mm. of money. No, oh, no, of course not. But and, that's and the, so that's, the long-term that's, plan, isn't but it? But they're hoping for that to become the yeah. case, right? But also as well, if you, they did score an insane amount of goals last season, Liverpool. So mm. actually, you know, mm. it's it's a... Was it their record for goals in a season? I'm, I'm sure it, it was certainly up there if it wasn't. So the standards are so ridiculously high that I'm not sure that they can really, really replace him like for like. But they they've got to be you know confident in the fact that you know despite they, they just missed out on the Premier League and they just missed out on the Champions League they, they've got to be confident in the fact that they're an amazing team and they're far bigger than one player whatever that player is and I think it's the right thing to be brave and bold enough to say okay look if you don't want to be here that's fine we'll we'll survive without you because the great big clubs over the years the great teams have always been able to do that yeah um and you know, Mane. I think it's important to point out. That I don't think Mane is officially handing their transfer request, and he keeps saying that he's he's kind of he's going to make a positive announcement sooner, or whatever. Sure. And but, players hope not to have that. That is quite an in extremist thing because it actually yeah. has no a transfer request. It actually has no. They think it's a bit embarrassing, don't they? I think it has no. You know, it, you can just as easily have it rejected. It has. Well, no it has no. an impact though. If you if you if you hand a transfer request in. You, you, I don't think it does have impact on things like your signing on bonus and all that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think it does. It just seems like a bit of a blunt negotiation. It is. Tool, I think basically. I think you're right on that. Um, uh, Jim, you're right. By the way, about the about the goals. Yeah, hundred. Well, at the point of beating Villarreal in the Champions League, they took their total at that point to 139, which was the record. Wow. Wow. Which was yeah. 2.44 goals per game. <laughs> but, but the point the point is that you know, if he wants to go. I think you, you you let him go. I think I think realistically, are you going to get a really at it season from him if he doesn't want to be there? Maybe not. Do you take the money and then invest that? Liverpool been very good traditionally at investing mm. money in good players, strengthening from a position of strength. Um, I, I don't I don't think they they I think it would be more detrimental to them to allow this to drag on through the entire yeah, summer yeah. than it would be just to say, look, what's happening? Let's get let's get on with it. Let's move forward, uh, which is I'm, I have no doubt they'll absolutely do and they'll, they'll do pretty well because they're a very well-run club. Yeah. We tend to make best decisions rather than not. On investments, um, Chelsea, the Chelsea deal has gone through after three months of negotiations with various parties. Um, they have completed the sale of the club. 2.5 billion, was it? This is a ludicrous amount of money in all contexts. And I think, in fact, we spent a lot of time talking about Manchester United, so perhaps not the moment <laughs> to talk about them. But in terms of a brand, you could make a pretty good argument that they're not, sorry, that they're a much bigger brand than Chelsea. But the view seems to be that this consortium believe that Chelsea will be worth 10 billion 
Yeah. In the in the coming years. I mean, Chelsea are up there now, though, aren't so they? It's a bargain. They, they, they have inserted themselves at the top <laughs> table. Yeah, bargain, absolutely. Um, so that that will be part of the thinking. It's an astonishing amount of money that I can't I can't pretend to understand how those how those deals work. But um, it means they're really back in play now, doesn't it? We we don't we don't know kind of what their budget's going to be in terms of transfers. But you know, all of those kind of elite clubs. They're going to be they're going to be dishing money out this. Well, summer, the, sure. I don't know, but the fa- the fascinating thing is that if you look at the numbers, um, I think it's Kieran Maguire is the dude who does a lot of the like um, financial stuff, isn't it? He was saying that take into account they've just spent all this money, and through the nineteen years of Roman Abramovich's tenure at the club, they lost nine hundred nine hundred thousand pounds a week mm. for nineteen years. That was what yeah. they were doing. So. They I don't know a lot about investing, Luke Moore. You probably know a lot more about investing than I me, doubt, I can imagine. I doubt that. I can imagine you playing the markets. I doubt that. Where are you going with this? <laughs> I just can. You seem like these, a business guy. These surreal segues that she does sometimes. <laughs> um, I, I think it's a really interesting story because, you, as you touched on, Kate, the idea that they are clearly buying this club for this amount of money because they think in X amount of years it's going to be worth more because that's what these pe- people are like, right? So a huge percentage of, of clubs at the top level now are kind of owned by venture capitalist types, the ones that aren't obviously state-owned for different reasons, which is mm. a, a completely different yeah. story. And the only reason they're going to be investing in this is because they, they, they think football as a sport is a, is a horse worth backing, right? Which I think is in itself is a gamble. Because, like Michael Owen, though. Uh, it's, it, it is, but, but it's a gamble as well because, you know, you've got instances of clubs being worth less now than they were sort of 10 years ago. Yeah. And, and then you've got the whole COVID thing as well, which we need to wait for the dust to settle on that. So there's a sense that surely a bubble is going to burst at some point with the astronomical kind of figures flying around yeah. for, for everything from wages to TV rights to player transfers to ticket prices. Just everything does but, seem like it's at its ceiling, right? But the technology does offer a really interesting idea around the potential to this is off it's not really my kind of area and it's a bit of an awful thing to say but this is what these people will be thinking about technology does offer the opportunity to be more successfully monetize these fans that are 10,000 miles away yeah. than they are at the moment so for example you can you can see technology allowing people to be able to pay money to have a VR experience at Stamford Bridge yes. from their own home and yeah, they could pay good money for that. That the experience would be the next best thing to being at the stadium. All these technolo- technological things are probably taken into account why they're paying big money for it. But they've got challenges, Chelsea. They've got a big wage bill. They've got a bloated squad. Their big marquee signing wants to move, apparently. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of challenges basically front and centre straight away for them to get cracking with. On which note, yeah, Luke, the Interboard are reportedly meeting Romelu Lukaku's team in the coming hours today, which is amusing, I guess, for fans of transfers that go one way and then go back the other. I mean, presumably they must be discussing a loan. Can it yeah. only be... Six months ago when Romelu Lukaku did that interview saying about how much he missed Inter. He absolutely loves a ill-advised interview in International Week. Well, apparently it's yeah. quite advised if his whole yeah. plan all along was well, to go true, back yeah. to Inter. But he's like some kind of travelling travelling salesman, isn't yeah, he? Like, he just, he's always on the move. Itinerant, the most itinerant player. A hundred million pounds. Jim was saying to me earlier that when he played at Man United, it feels like it was a dream. <gasps> it does. It feels yeah. like so long ago. And that was a huge transfer fee as well. But like it's it's really interesting how he doesn't seem to want to put roots down almost. Although to be fair to him in that inter- in that interview, he, he made it clear he absolutely loved Inter. So maybe maybe that'd be the best thing for everyone. And, and but clever. I mean, Chelsea will be very clever. It's a nightmare for Chelsea, isn't it? If it, like it, if it gets into a situation where they just loan him back to Inter because it's the best thing for all parties, it's just such a huge outlay. And now, obviously, the new consortium will have, I suppose, the consequences of that. Do but nine hundred grand a week over that that nineteen years, yeah. at the same Save time, it. fuck them. 
I was going to make a really nice point about Lukaku. I don't feel I should now. I was just going to say that he's a, he's a. It's what's lost in all this is that how much of a reliable goal scorer he is. Like if you look back over the I mean, last, that has very much been lost in him this season, hasn't it? But I mean, he's still got 15 goals in all competitions this season, which is his worst return, I think, since maybe the season he was at Man United, the final season at Man United. But generally speaking, he guarantees you a good amount of goals every season. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how this one develops apparently in the coming hours and certainly in the coming days. Um, guys, there's more football stuff for you. I know the season is theoretically over, but don't you worry. We're looking after you here at Football Ramble and Football Ramble Presents. Fans at Sully Hole Moors won't They would argue you. with you, yeah. I know, and yeah. indeed online they already have been mm. uh, when I said the season was over. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, but you can still get plenty more delicious football content from Upfront. Our friends at Upfront, there's a special episode coming out for you today. It might even be out already, actually, Luke. Um, England legend Anita Sante sat down with Rachel to look back on her storied career after she retired a few weeks ago. Uh, she reflects on playing at London 20. 12, uh, winning the quadruple with Arsenal and travelling from the US to Sweden in a globetrotting career. So do get over to Football Ramble Presents for that one right now. Right, lovely to see you guys. Thanks for your time, Jim Campbell. You're very welcome. Nice to see you, Luke Moore. And you. And nice to see you, listeners. Thanks for listening to today's Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.